1: Congratulations to Spencer Livingston for winning the 2022-2023 Joe's Karting Tricky Triangle League. He bested uh, Jeremy Down, who got second, Jack Dover, who got third, uh, Adrian Klein, who got fourth, and Derek Daly, who got fifth. So uh, good field of cars there. Uh, One of our uh, longtime uh, uh, Pick'em's Contest contestants, uh, Jason Moyer, uh, finished 10th. Not a long time, not a regular racer, been very big into the community. He's always down at Eagle Raceway sitting over in section D, I believe. But uh, yeah, Jason uh, holding his own, finishing top 10 against a bunch of really talented drivers. So just wanted to mention that. Uh, Daytona 500.
0: Maybe a good word for any potential car owners.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Daytona 500 Cup Series qualifying is Wednesday night at 7 o'clock on FS1. Thursday, they're going to have truck practice and the duels. The duels will start at 6 o'clock. By the way, this is all on FS1 until Sunday's Cup Series race. Friday, they have Truck Series qualifying, Xfinity Xfinity Series practice, Cup practice, and then the Truck Series race. Cup practice will be at about 4.30 in the afternoon. Truck Series race will start at about 6.30. Saturday, they'll have the final Cup practice. Xfinity Series qualifying, ARCA race at 12.30, and then Xfinity Series race at about four o'clock and then Sunday you get your Daytona 500 that is going to be on the main Fox channel and that will start coverage will probably start sometime around noon 30 I would bet because the race starts at about one thirty central time
0: yeah I was gonna say Daytona they always have a lot of extra pre-race stuff coming up this
1: Sunday we talked about the Daytona 500 there's also the Daytona 500 party if you're not some cool awesome person like Lori Kroger Uh, And you're in the area and you want to come down and hang out at Quaker Steak and Lube. We did get confirmation all you can eat wings will be going on Sunday afternoon at Quaker Steak and Lube only in the Brickyard. You can't sit anywhere else in the restaurant and get the all you can eat wings. Got to come down to the Brickyard and enjoy that with the front stretch. Uh, I think I'll be out there probably about 11 or 1130 to start getting set up. And then uh, our party starts at about noon, but the green flag waves at one 30. And that's kind of the most important thing is make sure you get there in time. Make sure you get yourself a seat and get registered for all the different pools that we put on for uh, all the, con- all the opportunities to win money as well as getting signed up for the Rick Haven Ridge Pickems contest that uh, you can sign up Sunday or uh, you can actually wait a week or two. You don't necessarily have to sign up right away at the Daytona 500 because uh, you know, what 30 40 points that's not too bad of a deficit to overcome within uh 25 races in order to make the playoffs
0: right yeah that's uh um things as i can attest for the last couple of years can swing so drastically so quickly yeah and usually it's the downfall
1: (laughs) you're into race 16 17 you're like this is looking good i think i'm gonna make the playoffs by the end of that 26th race you're like well that escalated quickly
0: yeah, I mean, just one or two bad races, you know, and you're collecting two or three points, and the people that were just below you, you know, have a 50-point race or something, and bam, mm-hmm. you know, and it can be somebody that's six, seven spots behind you having a big day and just flies right by you. So, Yep. yep.
1: One of the news stories I wanted to cover was the last one I think we hit last during last week's show was the uh, gun arrest for Kyle Bush. And uh, what all that happens, I I kind of breezed over the article as as we were doing the show. So I didn't really read through it very thoroughly and kind of understand the situation. But after reading it and watching a couple of YouTube videos, I think I understand a little bit better now. Uh, He was arrested with a gun in the Cancun Airport. So he was coming back to the United States. The gun is registered in the United States and he's licensed to carry in the United States. According to his Twitter post, he was. Uh, unaware that the gun was in his bag or maybe he said he forgot had a valid conceal and carry permit from my local authority and adhered to the gun laws but i made a mistake by forgetting that the gun was in my bag so he forgot the gun was in his bag cancun authorities uh searches bag they found the gun they arrested him he cooperated with everybody and i read in another article that you know we talked about it he could sentence uh, he could be facing up to three and a half years in prison. Apparently, Mexico has or Cancun has some sort of law on the books that basically translates a year in prison to a certain dollar amount. And my understanding is that that dollar amount is up to the judge. And they're just waiting to figure out how much the judge is basically going to fine him to stay out of prison. Uh, Kyle Bush is not going to be spending any time in prison. Uh, we well, kind of talked about that, that there was a very slim chance that he was. He would, because the United States probably would intervene and, and fix it, but they're just going to penalize him, you know, sixty, eighty thousand $80,000 he'll pay it. And that'll be that.
0: Well, it's, like I said, when, when we first started talking about this a week ago, the unregistered part that was in the original article mm-hmm. was the part that really threw me, you know, that was, but it was just not registered in Mexico. Right. Yeah,
1: I was kind oh, of was curious about the same thing. If I think you mentioned it, said that he's he. I think he had this gun for like six months or something like that. I remember seeing something like that, or maybe you mentioned it after the um, Minnesota, the uh, the Mall of America shooting that, that him and his family were involved in. Uh, well, not really involved. There was a shooting. They were at the mall. The mall was evacuated, and he him and his family got out safely. But maybe that's when he got the gun. But yeah, it was registered in the United States and with local authorities, just not in Cancun.
0: Right. And the article that I read that talked about, I'm trying to remember what the term they used about the uh, paying the fine in lieu of the jail time. I mean, it's not that he could face three and a half years in prison. That's what he was sentenced to. I know it could face. I mean, Mm. uh, but they had, uh, uh, they used a goofy term basically for buying your way out of your your prison sentence and the article i read um said it the maximum the fine can be was like a thousand pesos um uh, a day or something like that uh it worked out to about it was like 67 dollars yeah. dollars us dollars to buy his three years out three and a half years but yeah i mean he was sentenced and everything else now even since he got out of Mexico and, you know, I mean, everything seems to be copacetic. If I was him, I would not be planning to go to Mexico anytime for the rest of my life. <laughs> yeah. There's plenty of other countries
1: you can visit. Well, I, and
0: there's also plenty of reasons why they could figure out to detain him the next time for another 67 or 70 yeah. million dollars. Yeah, dollar a little, dollars. little, Maybe little bit a of a shake Yeah, Exactly. So that's no. the
1: Kyle Bush deal. Uh, still kind of weird. I mean, he's, I don't know. I mean, I've, I've been to Cancun. I, I've, I've felt safe, but then again, he's a celebrity. He wanted to carry a gun and he must've gotten into the country just fine with the gun. But, uh then they got suspicious as he was leaving the country. I thought maybe I heard something. He got a tip They were The national guard was alerted or something like that. They searched his bags and they found the firearm. It was unlicensed in Cancun. That's that. And yeah, once again, it's, I don't like the people that are saying, well, he's just a rich guy, so he's going to get off. Um, I mean, if I had to, I could raise $60,000 to get out of three and a half years in prison, and I'm not a rich guy. I mean, there's loans out there that I could take out and and pay off. Uh, but this is kind of one of those deals where the Mexican government will take your money in, in lieu of you sitting in jail instead.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, you know, the fact that he, you know, probably found that in the washing machine. You know, after doing laundry, the 67,000 I'm referring to is is something, you know, that, that probably didn't hurt him any. Yeah. Um, but uh, I'm, you know, I, I don't know I wasn't there, but I'm going to speculate he was in a private jet. Yep. So getting the gun into Mexico, um, all he would have had to do is walk, get on the plane with it here. They wouldn't have searched him or anything when he got there.
1: Well, I... would they have, though? Cause well, I guess they don't really search you when you, when you leave, like every time I've flown into Mexico. Yeah. They don't, they don't search me. I'll go through security. I just, I guess I go through customs. So yeah, they do search my bags when I'm leaving the airport.
0: Well, they didn't search mine here in Manila. No. I stood in line for over an hour when everybody told me it was like five or 10 minutes to get through customs here. And when I got to the window, it didn't take me two minutes. You know, I didn't even have my bag yet. You know, I had my carry-on, you know, full of meds and stuff. But, you know, I still had to go to the carousel and pick up my big bag and everything. But yeah, they they had me fill out some little form right on the plane, you know, and mm-hmm. then you're declaring type thing. And, uh, you know, I didn't have anything worth declaring. So there's a limit they set where, you know, do you have anything, you know, you're bringing to the country, you know, that's worth more than 10 grand. I said everything I own ain't ten grand, so nope. <laughs> <laughs> but but and, uh,
1: and by the way, if you guys are wondering if if uh, Kyle Busch could be facing any kind of penalty or fine from NASCAR, uh, according to Bob Pocaris, who tweeted out NASCAR's policy is drivers and team members must make the sanctioning body aware of any rest with arrest within seventy-two hours or prior to the next event if it is sooner. Kyle Bush did make NASCAR aware of his detainment and for having a gun in his bag in Mexico. He should not be facing any penalties from NASCAR.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say everything that I'd read and said that was not an issue since he, you know, did his due diligence and mm-hmm. said, hey, I got, you know, got in a little trouble, and here's what's up. So uh
1: this Thursday is still the uh Drive 25 Keep Kids Alive charity at the uh, or keep kids alive drive twenty-five twenty-fifth anniversary fundraiser, uh a hundred dollars a ticket. Uh if you'd like to go to this. This is the Peter Fink uh personal um museum fundraiser deal where I think there's like over 135 cars, he said. Yeah,
0: 135, 140 cars, plus what well, was like 54 guitars, and he's just got all kinds of stuff that he's collected over the years.
1: Yep. Uh, keep kids alive. Drive 25. Find it on Facebook. It's a charity event going on this Thursday. Really cool deal. If you want to get out and see some great American muscle, I highly suggest you do that. Yeah, hundred bucks a ticket might be a little bit much right now, but uh, it goes to a great cause, and you get to see some great American muscle. So, I highly suggest you, get you guys get out there.
0: Right off of the year. What's that? Get your first tax ride right off of the year.
1: There you go. Hey, uh, our buddy David Starr made his announcement earlier today that he is going to be going racing with our Motorsports in 2023 as a part of the Xfinity Series. I believe he said that he was going to be racing the full season in the number 02 car uh, sponsored by Special Report. So our buddy uh, David Starr is going to be racing for his 25th year. Uh, Well, He said in his statement, he said, after 25 years in the sports, I am over the top excited and honored to be competing in the NASCAR Xfinity Series in 2023. So does that mean he's been in it for 25 and this will be his 26th season or is he going into his 25th year?
0: I think this is his 25th year in the top three series. Okay. Um, But I do know many of those years were not full seasons. Yeah. So – But, uh, I mean, I met him 2001, I think, was when I met David, when he was kind of really starting to run a lot of truck races. But I know he'd had several starts here and there before that. So, um, I know he did full-time in the trucks from, I think, 2002 through probably – 2011 or 2012 you know I know he didn't miss any races in there and then he had some hit and miss stuff and his Xfinity career he's had some full seasons but uh you know a lot of hit and miss stuff and uh but he keeps landing on his feet you know Mm -hmm. you and I both know he's a great PR guy so absolutely
1: uh 42 cars are registered for the Great American Race on Sunday. Only 40 will qualify, so we'll have two cars that will go home. Open teams the number 13 of Smith, 36 of Smith, 50 of Daly, 62 of Hills, 67 of Pastrana and 84 of Johnson. So only um what four of those six cars will uh will make it into the uh into the 40 car field and again we'll do qualifying on uh Wednesday and then we'll have the duels. I think I said those are on Thursday.
0: Right. And two of the cars um will make well 36 are going to be in out of the uh charter program and then two cars will make it on speed and qualifying on Wednesday so they'll be racing in on two spots on Thursday.
1: Well, it's all I'm going to get around this week. and catch all the action on Fox Sports One. And then the big race is going to be on the Fox main channel. We had this uh, encourage you guys to come down to Quaker's Taking Lube on Sunday. We're going to be hanging out all day, uh, watching the race, eating some wings, enjoying each other's company, giving out prizes, all that kind of fun stuff. Uh, our champion from 2022, Curtis, is going to be on site and uh, working on getting that trophy uh, in our possession. Regal Awards, uh, knock it out of the park again with another great trophy. Just got to get uh, Rick Havenridge down there to get it uh squared up and and get over to uh to to the to quit your second loop so we can do the awards presentation for our champion from last season if you haven't signed up yet you can still do so for free just uh, email us front stretch podcast at gmail.com uh, or you can find the information on our front stretch Facebook page which I'll be sharing out quite a bit in the next coming days um so that's the Daytona party that's the Pickhams contest. Oh, uh, had a great time out at uh, Rising City, Nebraska on Saturday for the Shane Hyatt um, benefit that uh, Shane was actually at. Had a nice opportunity to sit down and kind of talk with Shane a little bit. And uh, he seems to be doing very well, but they've got a long ways to go. So uh, all that money they raised on Saturday uh, helps put a dent in some of the bills because they're going to have to offset expenses. And like Jared said, when he came on and talked with us last week, the biggest thing is the fact that their main breadwinner, Shane, who – you know, made a lot of the money in the family, uh, not able to work right now. So that's kind of on Kylie to be able to pay all the bills and make all the money and take care of Shane. So, uh, she's got a lot on her shoulders. And uh, if you guys want to help out, you can always reach out to Kylie about donating to her. You can always buy stickers. There's still some great items available. I think they're going to work on another fundraiser coming up in a couple of weeks. So that's what
0: I got. You got anything? I was just going to say everything I read about the fundraiser sounds like there was a lot of people. There was, it was pretty well packed. I would,
1: I think I saw an estimate of around 250 to 300 people that rolled through there. And I, I think that's probably pretty accurate. When uh, Sarah James and I were, Sarah James and I were there on Saturday, right around two 15 as we arrived, we were there for about an hour and a half. Uh, the bar was full. It's not a very big bar, but it was full. There was 50 people in there at all times. And then there was still the community center down the road
0: yeah i was gonna say did you stop down there and i didn't
1: see, you know? i didn't get down to the community center i kind of I forgot all about it as as we were heading out and i was like oh wait i forgot to shoot <laughs>
0: Yeah, well i'm sure i mean i'm sure there were a lot of people that kind of walked through the barn were there five minutes and then rolled down to the community center and yeah. uh i'm sure there was a pretty good crowd down there just hanging out the uh uh I just know how some people are when, if you can bring your own booze as opposed to uh supporting the bar, <laughs> Yeah, there was probably a lot of people with a keg of beers down there. At community centers.
1: <laughs> yeah. it. Uh, I, and I got to, I wish I would have gone down there and seen who was down there, but the bartenders were busy and I think there was three or four from working. So I didn't have to wait very long to be able to get a beer. And you know, uh small town beer prices, you, you can't beat them. I think I paid three bucks for a, uh, uh a glass, a draft, a bush light. So not too bad.
0: You actually drank a bush light.
1: I did. You know, small town <laughs> bar. They didn't have any high noons available for me. The Daytona 500 kicks off at one get down to Quaker Steak and Lube at council bluffs at 1230 and uh, kick it off with us. Enjoy all of the great American race. Enjoy all the great action, the sights, the sounds, the smells, the fun. It's all going to be going down to Quaker Steak and Lube this Sunday. And uh, we appreciate everybody that uh, has supported us in the past. Can't wait to see everybody again. Coming up in turn number two, we're going to sit down with the voice of the Malvern Bank and Hoker Trucking Super Late Model Series. Anthony Ainsley himself joined us at the Columbus Swap Meet a few weeks back. So James Rowland and myself will interview Anthony coming up in turn number two. We'll take a break. We'll be right back on the front stretch. <laughs> Steak and Lube. Quaker Steak and Lube and Council Bluffs continues to offer the best wings, burgers, and steaks seven days a week along with great daily specials. Mondays are Kids Night where kids eat for just 99 cents with the purchase of an adult entree. Tuesdays is All You Can Eat Wings Night for just $17. Enjoy a half rack of baby back ribs for just $13.50 on Wednesdays, and you choose on Thursdays for just $12. You can pick between 15 fried shrimp, a pickup cheeseburger, 15 breaded wings, or six boneless wings. Check out Quaker Steak and Lube and Council Bluffs on Facebook for all their daily specials. Get
2: to Quaker
1: Steak and Lube.
2: Hey, look at that. You're sitting on your couch playing Halo, Madden, or NASCAR while your friends are at Joe's Karting. Each lap is an adrenaline-filled, heart-pumping, white-knuckle experience that you can only get at the Metro's largest indoor karting track. Eco-friendly Honda engines rip you around their professionally designed road course at breakneck speeds. Can you reach the 14-second lap bracket? There's only one way to find out. Put the controller down and get to
0: Joe's Karting. 23rd Avenue in Council Bluffs next to Quaker Steak & we're hooked up in turn two and still showing the green flag on the front stretch.
1: Welcome back to the front stretch, rolling into turn number two. I'm just going to warn everybody that is listening at the racer swap meet and through our podcast, this is going to be a very wordy interview. You got three of the most talkative guys and one beautiful lady sitting at the end of the table. Uh, we're talking with Anthony Ainsley, who uh, is the voice of the Malvern Bank and hooker trucking super late model series is uh, also a voice of like six race tracks around the area. Anthony is one of the only guys that has more race nights than Jordan Grabowski.
2: I think that's probably maybe a fair assumption I think.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Big thanks to RK Inc. for supporting uh, the Fred Stretches interviews while at the uh, Columbus Racers swap meet. If you're looking for a rap guy, somebody that can get a turnaround very very quickly ryan is uh kind of doing this cooperative with demon decals ryan uh, does the designs and then uh, damon will allow him to print on the machines but ryan worked with damon for a very long time and something i thought was really cool and we probably got to get ryan on the show to talk a little bit more about it but damon actually said it's time you need to open up your own business you need to spread your wings and fly and damon is giving ryan all of the support he needs to get up on on his feet and get the business going. So if you're looking for a logo design, you're looking for a wrap for your car, you're looking for a wrap for your trailer, whatever you need, give RK Inc. a call today. Ryan Kump will take great care of you. And of course, big thanks to Quaker Steak and Lubin Council Bluffs, the official watering hole of the front stretch. The three of us, James, Anthony, uh, Dirk will be back by then, February 19th. We're going to get set for the Daytona 500, and we're going to watch the Great American Race and the kickoff to the 2023 NASCAR Cup Series schedule. Always do appreciate seeing you down there, Anthony. And uh, we're, d- James talked about it in the last interview last weekend, and we'll we'll, we'll do it again. We're we're definitely going to lean on Chris and everybody at Quaker Steak and Lube to get us that all-you-can-eat wing special.
3: I'd be behind that, too. <laughs> I There's might a, even uh, try one of those eat-the-heat wings. Really? Oh, you? There you I, go. I'd give one a try. Just I, one? I mean, I'd do the whole challenge if, if you can get up to 15 grand to the Alzheimer's <laughs> Association,
2: I'll jump in. I was going to say, I know Jor- Jordan kind of powered through it when we were there his, last m- last year. He was I, a machine.
1: I was I I was a little disappointed in myself that I was shocked that that was his method cuz he's a race car driver. So he just he attacked those wings like a competitive eater. Yeah, he got send. it done. I was like two wings in, and he put his gloves, took his gloves off, and he's, he was all done. And I, <laughs> I think he disappeared in the bathroom for a little bit after that. But, he did. Uh, he did not. No, he did. He, he said it. He came back out later, and he's like, I threw up. He
2: ended up throwing up the whole thing. Ah. Yeah. I was I was well in then, there getting rid of a beer. I was gonna and say, does it count if that happens? Or? I let it slide. No. <laughs> I was say, uh, apparently, so did he. He pa- yeah.
1: Oh. <laughs> he, both ends. he passed my tech inspection. I let it go.
3: Okay.
2: I
1: think it was it was digesting long enough. It was about ten or fifteen minutes afterwards. The heat
2: had happened. Yeah, just enough to pass tech and then remove the weights. I mm-hmm. guess. <laughs> Absolutely.
1: We're talking <laughs> with Anthony Ainsley about the Malvern Bank and Hooker Trucking a Super Late Model Series. I remember when this thing was invented and and Joe said, you know, the goal is to keep it within 200 miles of I-80 Speedway as, <laughs> as the racetracks, as the series home track. And that was kind of one of the focal points was not too many races and not too far away. Keep the travel to reined a, in a little bit. Kind of
2: to a minimum. Uh,
1: this thing is beginning to grow a little bit larger than than I think they
2: expected it to years ago when it started. Absolutely. I mean, it's it's been a... A big uh, honor of mine to be a, a part of that expansion. You know, with the uh, a couple of years ago when the uh, when the Deary Brothers eventually ended, and uh, that eventually became the Holland with Hoker Trucking East Series. Um, it's definitely expanded the horizons of all these late model drivers. And think uh, late model racing was kind of kind of in a questionable spot there uh, near the end of the uh, 2010s. You know, like I said, with the IMCA Deary Brothers Series coming to a close, and uh, not too many racetracks. Uh, running IMCA late models uh, weekly with all of the different rule packages so fortunately uh, Joe was able to uh, provide a good sanctuary for all those late model drivers and, and look what it's become we've yeah. uh, put together some amazing races we've got some marquee events uh, on the year so like um, some big races uh, like the Yankee Dirt Track Classic over at Farley, uh, the Dale DeFrance Memorial at Marshalltown, the Denny Osborne Memorial over in Independence, all those big races uh, for Central and Eastern Iowa drivers, those are now under the uh, Hoker Trucking and Malvern Bank banner, so it's been, it's been quite a, it's been amazing to watch uh, this series grow and expand and kind of kind of been a, a successor to the Deary Brothers, as well as the old uh, NASCAR Bush All-Star Tour back in the day.
1: You kind of touched on a point there of um, they have helped create a sanctuary. I, I do remember a conversation several years ago with a couple of people talking about the late models in uh, in Iowa, and, and it's they, they, there's no question about it. They struggle. It, it's uh, for a super late model. There's crate uh, late models for your IMCA classes, but to have that super late model class, that big engine, that roar, that horsepower, it's been difficult to get guys to step up to that class. And I remember a conversation with one guy said that as we were going into March of, I want to say it was like the 2013 or 2014 season, there was only 200 registered super late models for IMCA in the Midwest. In the states of Iowa, Nebraska, Kansas, and Missouri, there was only 200. And when you've got that big of an area... That's not a lot,
2: yeah, and especially with the with the amount of tracks you can hit. I, I know another one of my uh, colleagues. they told me the state of Iowa has got more racetracks per capita than any other state in the United States.
1: Forty-seven uh, at the uh, last count.
2: Yeah, I mean, that's, uh, I
1: think Nebraska is second at like
2: twenty-some. Maybe I I could believe that, and uh, yeah, it's it's been really. It I know mid twenty tens late model racing here is uh, it's. Kind of, it's kind of like what the sprint car division's going through right now here in the Midwest. We're kind of at a yeah. crossroads. Something had to change. Some people had to step up, and fortunately, we've been able to to see people step up. And of course, now the sprint car guys are seeing that now. Of course, uh, uh, Jay Burdick with Malvern Bank not only doing the super late model stuff for the West Series, but he's also stepping up to do some sprint car stuff for uh, 2023 they're going to have a, a a tour for them as well so it's been uh, it's been fun to watch this process and and keep these drivers uh, going for this upcoming year it's been
1: fun to watch obviously you and I have a very close connection with the Kaziski family with working with them so much over the last couple of years for sure um, that that it's easy when we talk about this to kind of dismiss us as as homers or or just too close to the family to have an objective opinion but what Joe, Steve, and Lisa are doing is, is actually very simple. When they, when they have to make a change for competitive reasons, they try to calculate what that's going to cost the drivers and is the payoff going to be worth it? I, I think one of the biggest issues, it's easy to say, the biggest issue in sprint car racing, especially when you're talking 360s, is the cost. Yeah, and I mean. nobody is stepping up to rein that cost in. They're allowing the big teams to maintain that high dollar cost of being competitive because the big teams can afford to pay it. So they're the ones in victory lane. They're the ones drawing the crowds. So the sanctioning body is just kind of letting the, the big teams have their way at it. But. I think Joe and Steven Lisa have done a fantastic job. I've watched Joe, and I've had people all the time tell me, I don't think that's right to do that at all, but I've watched Joe change a rule at the beginning of the week because a driver found something, and all of a sudden the series wasn't competitive enough.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's been... It's been kind of fun to watch everyone go through that. Of course, with the, uh, it's part of one of the things that makes the uh, Malvern Bank and Hogar Trucking Series uh, very interesting. You've got about three different engine packages and rule sets for engines and weights that uh, can help even out the, the playing field for these late-mile drivers. So, like, a couple of times uh, every once in a while, you will might even get a couple of crate guys come up and, and throw their hats in the ring. We've seen that a couple of times around this area. Of course, uh, what was it back 2016 we were up at Albion for a show and one of their regulars Jim Johnson ended up holding off Kyle Burke for a win and then of course uh when we go up to Off Road in Norfolk, the weekly guys there are very competitive. I, I remember Chad Jensen, who's now one of the main crew members on Tad Boschwitz's team. Chad took his uh, his weekly racer car, drove it to a third place run in the main event during a Malvern Bank Show at Off Road, and you know Chase Osborne's done the same. Uh, Robert Osborne's done well. Nelson Volbrecht has done well. Those are all weekly competitors around this neck of the woods, and they're they're taking it to the to the weekly drivers on the SLMR schedule.
1: You've got guys like Tad Pospichel and Kyle Burke and Jesse Sobbing, who's this year's uh, West champion, and and Justin Kai. and I mean, some incredibly talented drivers that it would be easy for me as a weekly guy to say, "I, I, I can't compete against those guys. But the rules package that this SLMR series has set up Get, makes it a lot easier for those guys to be competitive against the big
2: time teams not only that, but the uh, selection of race tracks has uh, been expanding and getting more different as the years progress and as uh, if you follow us on the uh, SLMR Facebook page, you'll see this is a very diverse schedule that we have it's a big one at that I think so far. We have about 47 races between both tours, and we range from all sorts of tracks. We got the big half miles for some of those who like the super speedway kind of feel. You know, we got like Adams County, we got Hamilton County on there. Uh, we got Lee County, which is a I think a big 3/8 to 4 tenths mile track, and we got Columbus Junction and West Liberty, which are 4/10 and half miles. But then we got the bowl rings. You know, we've got our first trip to uh, US 36, high banked. A third mile. Of course, we got Eagle back on the schedule this year. Another third mile. We got Albion back on. Another high bank third mile. And then you got those intermediate tracks. I think um, I'm trying to trying uh, to think of some of them. Like maybe like County and and Kassuth County is one of them. Um, and then you got even some other little quarter miles like makokada and Davenport on the schedule. It's, it's quite a, a device a divi- a diverse schedule that we've got this year.
1: It's a schedule that really, w- when you're the champion of that season, you really had to work at it. Yes. I sure. mean, it, it's, it, it's one thing to be a track champion at a racetrack for a weekly race because you find a setup, you stick with it. You make a couple of tweaks because it was a little hotter this week and the track's a little drier, or it was a little wetter this week so the track's got some moisture in it. You make a little tweaks here and there. But when you're talking about going from a big racetrack like I-80 Speedway to a small racetrack like Eagle Raceway, you got to make some major changes to your race car.
2: Definitely, I mean different gear changes and uh, and definitely setting up the car differently to uh, to handle the bankings in those corners and and not only that, but to handle the terrain of the racetrack, whether the track has character or if it's if it's slicked off quite a bit. It's uh, it's it's amazing to watch these teams at work and like. Even like when we, I think this week, this Memorial Day weekend, you know, we've got three uh, bull rings back to back, but none of them are exactly alike. You know, we got Davenport on Friday, which is kind of a kind of a, a flatter, wide quarter mile. No, no outside wall, so you can't build a big cushion. Maquokada, about a third mile. A little bit of a narrower track, but it's higher banking than Davenport. And then you got Dubuque. Very probably, arguably the widest track on the tour. You know, it's about a quarter mile. You can't. Quite, you could probably go all the way to the wall to build a cushion. So even even if the tracks are about the same size, no two are alike.
1: What is the uh, what's the racetrack? The new racetrack on the schedule that you're most excited about for the SLMR? Well, uh, east t- or west.
2: Well, there are actually, uh, I guess, a couple of them. There's, like, one for each. I've been, I've been kind of pushing, the, uh, hoping for these tracks to appear on the schedule sooner or later. One of, the, one of them is uh, definitely uh, US 36 in Osborne, Missouri. You know, uh, I've talked to a few of the dryers. You know, that's uh, US 36 is pretty similar to Eagle in terms of, like, uh, in terms of shape and uh, how the track reacts. It's a very high bank, third mile. It's very fast. And uh, on the East Tour, I've been pushing for this one. Even if it's just for one race, I would love to see it. And now we're hopefully we'll get to see it weather permitting. Uh, we've got Oski on the uh, East Tour, Southern Iowa Speedway, Oscaloosa, Iowa. Of course, home of the Front Row Challenge for, during the Knoxville Nationals weekend. But uh, I know they don't get uh, too many late model shows over there in Oscaloosa. I think the last time they were there, I think it was. Uh, I think it was John Anderson who won a an MLRA show over there. I think it was back, what, 2017, 2016 uh, when John Anderson won an MLRA show out there.
1: Well, James, unfortunately, we have to wrap this interview up. He didn't say Eagle Raceway, so we're done.
2: Oh, well, we got yeah. – don't get, don't get, don't get, I mean, don't get me wrong. If we got Eagle on the schedule, yeah. of course. That oh, is yeah. going to be a fun night. It that is – uh,
1: it's it, the shenanigans may happen that night. Oh, uh, yes,
2: I mean – I was going to say, if we, especially if we, get, uh, if we get Jimmy Scott in the booth again. I mean, last time we did that, we, yeah. uh, I think we, we ran up uh, Roger's repair bill a bit. <laughs> that
1: was the all-star circuit of announcers. It was the, uh, I think it was like
2: four years ago was the last time. 2019. That was the last time. My uh, first year. That was the last time SLMR was at Eagle. No, week. 2019? Yep, that's according to my, uh, that's according to my wow. stat sheets. Listen,
1: I, I made it sound like I was disagreeing with you, but I believe you. <laughs> I just can't believe it was only... Well, I mean, now that's four years ago, I so... Mean,
2: I mean, look at... I mean, another big surprise was Beatrice. We got them back. I mean, look at that. You thought it was, you know, you know four years since we've been to Eagle. It's been a decade since the series has been to Beatrice, and yeah. now we're going to be back out there again, and that'll be a that'll be a fun one to see. And then very next night, we got Junction Motor Speedway back on the schedule as well, so that'll be a nice little weekend there. And then... I think one weekend, there are a couple of a big double. There's about four, I think, two-day shows that we have at a track. You know, we got the, uh, the season opener for the West Series at Harlan. That's a big two-day show. But then we get the, uh, the East Series to start their season off. They're going to be with the West at the Lakeside Speedway for two nights. And if that's not big enough, USMTS is also on the card that weekend as well at Lakeside. That's going to be a big double
3: is that the same weekend as the cup race, like a lot of those lakeside <laughs> shows are?
2: I think the next week is. the. That's the weekend we go to go to Osborne yeah. and then Central Missouri Speedway in Warrensburg.
3: Okay, so you're going to make it a three-day swing. Yeah. The two late model shows and the
2: cup race. And on top of that, we also, for, for those, you remember the uh, the Silver Dollar Nationals got moved to the Hussett Speedway up in Brandon, South Dakota. Well, guess what? We're going with them. Two big nights over there up at up at Brandon South Dakota that'll be a fun time with the uh, with the Lucas Oil guys as well have you made the trip over to Houston's before yes i have but it's been I want to say maybe eight or ten years since I've been there.
3: It is a sweet, sweet place. I've only gone the one time, and I saw on social media the other day that they were doing some serious work there after that storm had rolled through last summer. So it's going to be really exciting to see the improvements that they've made at Houston and just all the different shows that are going on over there this year. you got a really high-dollar sprint car show, the Silver Dollar Nationals, SLMR rolling through. you got the High Uh,
2: Limits Tour out there. Yep, that's right. And then oh,
3: don't get me started on the High Limits tour. We're trying to keep this an SLMR show, but I could talk about yeah. the High Limits all day. <laughs>
2: I'll definitely see you guys out there at Eagle when they roll through. And then we also got the uh, we also got the Iowa Governor's Cup weekend at Davenport, two nights there for the uh, for the East Series. That's always been a fun one. Especially if you ever get a chance to catch a late model race at the Mississippi Valley Fairgrounds over in Davenport, Iowa. That's a great time. And then it all culminates. Um, The final weekend is a two-day show up at the Mason City Motor Speedway, Mason City, Iowa. I know uh, Todd Staley and a lot of great guys up there have been putting a lot of work into that Mason City Motor Speedway. It's become a a big racing destination. Of course, they've got the uh, USMTS 25th anniversary weekend up there. I think that's in, that's about in August when that's going to go down. And then we've got three shows at Mason City this year, including the championship weekend. We also have the Yankee Dirt Track Classic back at Farley this year. We got the Dale DeFrance Memorial on. We got three big shows at Adams County Speedway. It's, it's a very stuffed schedule.
1: I heard We're, last night, um, I think essentially what the driver was saying was that the schedule may be getting a little bit too big. Do you think that it's that this is becoming such a beast that Joe and, and Lisa and Steve are going to have to start saying no to more tracks and kind of trim the schedule down after this season?
2: Well, I mean that's that's probably going to be one of the ma- uh, that's if it's not already that could be one of the main concerns that they're running to. Of course, I was talking with the of course we had uh, to- I think uh, I was talking to Tommy Denton a little bit, you know, having us at Beatrice, and I told him like this year. Um, I was going to say, I, I won't be able to come to Oktoberfest this year uh, down at Beatrice. It was fun to be there for that weekend uh, last season. But yeah, this year, unfortunately, I won't be able to come out there because yeah. that's going to be our East Series championship weekend at Mason City. That's that's always a tough time, to, as much as tough as it is to for a weekly track to not schedule on top of each other, especially with everyone, you know, with, with tracks closing and tracks reopening like we're seeing. Uh, like this year, with I eighty uh, going to the wayside, um, McCool Junction coming back. You know they've gonna, they're going to have to work with with Eagle, with with Off Road Speedway, Norfolk, with North Platte out at, over at the Lincoln County Raceway. It's it's already tough to do that on a on a weekly schedule, but to do that with a touring series as well, it it it's it's probably a whole nother. Slew of headaches because yeah. not only do you have to work with the uh, the tracks in your own state, but you also have to work with all the Iowa tracks, with some of the ones from Missouri and Kansas and South Dakota. Occasionally, we head over to Illinois for a couple of shows wow. here and there. I mean, yeah, we hit up uh, we hit up East Moline twice last year, so uh, it's that is quite the balancing act. I don't know how I don't know how Joe and the crew do it, but uh, they're always able to put together. Uh, a great schedule, but uh, I know there's only so many weekends out of the year. Yeah. And of course, uh, I know the midweek. A lot of a lot of tours and stuff are are trans are transitioning to this midweek race format. But uh, I know it's it's tough for people to come out on like a Tuesday or a Wednesday, especially late in the year in August and September when school starts up, or in the early months when uh, school is wrapping up. Yeah.
1: I know that Joe had mentioned last night that one of the things that he, he understood that, that drivers may have been a little bit, you know, guys like Jesse Sobbing and Tad and, and Kyle that that follow the tour religiously. I mean, it is it's they, they get perfect attendance every year because they want that track championship or not track championship, no, the series, but the series champ. championship. But Joe had mentioned that he was able to throw a little bit more money into the purse yeah, and they it were. was into the back end of that purse so if you make the A feature, I, I
2: want to say he was said it was a guaranteed three fifty. Um, I think I heard about five hundred okay. actually. That was that was about five hundred start. There were actually a few of them. They were saying uh, that were actually going to be nine hundred to start the main. That Jeez. is that's, that's, a, that's better than a weekly payout than uh, at a lot of your ra- your local tracks on a weekly night. You know some tra- some of those uh, racing tours won't even even if you win the feature it'll be about 400 or 500 yeah. or so but for 900 just to make the show that's at a couple of select shows and then on top of that uh, around 400 and 500 it's about the minimum so that's going to be amazing to see we saw that we're also going to be seeing that like with the sprint car tour as well i think they like i said uh, uh, Joe said it was about a $2000 to win minimum and then it's about 325 to start the main and it could boost up wow. uh, depending on the different shows so you know like like we got the Stewart Alley Memorial at Eagle that's going to pay over 5500 to win for I think he said what was it I think 5500 uh, 5522 I want to get yep. that exact uh, that's to win the feature but I think it was about 900 to start that main
1: that's something that I, I think is forever go down is something that Joe and Steve have worked very hard on is that yes. it's always sexy to say, well, we've got to race the pace 53000 to win. Yeah. But then everybody is looking at that purse going, yeah, but you pay 10000 for second and you pay 7000 for third. Like, yeah. But that's not the way the Kaziskis have, no, it have been. They've got a very thick purse. And You'll see a majority of the money, whether it be for the Cornhusker Classic or the Silver Dollar Nationals or the Super Late Model Series, majority of that money they pay out is in the
2: back of the purse. Yeah, I mean, look at the Silver Dollar Nationals last year. Like we said, it was fifty-three thousand uh, to win this year. It was also five thousand three hundred to make that uh, the twenty-eight or thirty-car field. So yeah. not only so not only do you have that big prize money at the tail end, you're also going to get a bigger field than the twenty-four cars that you'd normally get on a regular night but yeah you'd get anywhere between 30 and 32 entries into that A main out of potentially maybe 50 or 60 that try to qualify that's still pretty good even the non-qualifiers is pretty good Um, they either have two or three thousand dollars if you win that and call it a night yeah you could win about two or three thousand dollars so it's it's no jump change there but uh, that's that's another one of the things that I, I really like about the uh, SLR series and how Joe and Steve how they run their program and uh, I think the racers definitely appreciate that too yeah we started
1: off by talking about you gonna say something James oh I was just
3: gonna say absolutely and that's something that we're starting to see around here that Joe and the gang kind of started off you know fifty three thousand fifty three dollars to win and then you're talking about the Stewart alley Memorial paying 5522. That's, that's kind of a trend that's gotten started around the area of certain races with certain numbers tacked on. You know, it might only be $22 extra dollars, but it's still a cool little feature to go along with yeah, that I'm, race.
2: We had that last year at the Dale de France Memorial. Of course, uh, uh, Dale, I believe was the father of Daryl de France, uh, one of our weekly drivers. He ran the 44 on his late model, so it was 4400 to win. Of course, Denny Osborne, uh, that was the memorial race at Independence, Iowa, of course, that was one of the better-paying races of the year, 7,200 to win uh, for that main event. So, yeah, that's another one of the cool uh, trending marks that you could have on a on a big yeah. race like that. And, and just one of those
1: signature things. I'm sure it happened in the past, but it's just one of those signature things that the Kaziskis will go down for. Making rule changes that stayed competitive but didn't cost a lot of money. Uh, having a well-funded purse to pay well for 10th on back, and then and then also just doing what they can to help out the racers, I think those are key aspects that a lot of people in the community are going to walk away as I-80 is closed up and, and we begin to see the transition of where those drivers are going to go. It's going to be up to the surrounding tracks to be able to pick up some of the things that I-80 was successful
2: with. I, I know some tracks have already done that. I know uh, there were a few of the racetracks that were... Uh Bidding on some of the items at the auction the last week or so, I know. Uh, I know Shelby County has picked up a, a good amount of equipment. I I, I heard that uh, Eagle has gotten some of that. Um, I think um, I think the uh, the Blue River Kart Track over in Crete, I believe they've got a, a couple of parts and pieces from the IED Speedway there too. And uh, I, I find out one of our one of our former Sport Mod drivers. Got the winning bid for the pace car yeah. this year.
3: Really? Any yeah. idea
2: what the sale price was on that? Uh, I was kinda I curious. It was around ten grand from what I heard. All
3: right. I I That's tried to bad. bid on a kegerator and got beat out in the last thirty seconds.
2: Yeah, not bad <laughs> not bad for a salvage <laughs> title, huh? No, not bad at all. We go. gotta
3: get you
1: better on your bidding though. <laughs>
3: you just got distracted with work, didn't you? I did
2: get distracted w- with I work. Was distracted. Uh. I was just distracted trying to win that Mega Millions. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> We're
1: talking with Anthony Ainsley, the voice of the Malvern Bank West and Hoker Trucking East Super Late Model Series. Like you talked about, your schedule starts off at Shelby County Speedway April 7th and 8th uh, for the West Series. The East and West meet up. The East kicks off their season at May 5th and 6th at Lakeside Speedway for the Kansas Speedway Race Weekend. It's hot and heavy from there on out, and uh, I hope uh, I don't ha- get to see you as much as I did at Eagle this year because you got rained out well, at least eight or ten times. And that, you, you, that just, was in
2: the first four weeks. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you would
1: just show up and <laughs> and you just be like, well, going to Eagle,
3: <laughs> Anthony. I might have a new line for you.
2: Oh, geez. When fun.
3: you get the East and West together, you can have two worlds collide on the tires that are wide.
2: Oh, there you go. There, there you go. go, Anthony. Always needs there more lines. I'm, I'm good, I'm good for
1: something.
3: From always time hoping
2: to time. for that.
1: Uh, what else is on the schedule for you? you? Know you're pretty dedicated to the Malvern Bank Super League yep. Model Series. That's kind of your yep. primary thing. Are you going to be able to have time to be able to go to other racetracks and kind of work weekly at at some of the tracks that you've grown up around?
2: Oh yeah, I think. Um, I'll be hitting up a few uh, weekly shows. I know uh, I'll be out at US 30 quite a bit. um, I I still have, there are a couple of Thursday shows that I won't be able to come out here to Columbus, but uh, yeah, Thursday Night Thunder is always just like the perfect way to, to kick off any weekend. I mean, be it late miles or otherwise, you know, I'd love to come out to come out to bobby lincoln 's home soil, go out there, he gives me the opportunity to to hone my craft on the weekend on the weekly standpoint and then uh, of course with i80 closing that was that was my friday office it's that 's going to be tough to get used to there's there 's not going to be a, a Friday night office like greenwood but uh, but I do have some Fridays open, so I have talked to, do- to Tommy Denton a little bit maybe maybe show up to Beatrice every now and then and of course i'll i 'll find some time for Eagle as well. I know uh I know I'm going to try to book a Tuesday for that high limit show, and hopefully um, the Labor Day weekend. That's of course the Race saver Nats at yeah. at, uh, at Eagle. That weekend was always kind of tough for me because that's also the same weekend as the Yankee Dirt Track Classic over at, at Farley. But uh, that's been moved to a one day show this year. It's going to be on Friday. The very next night, it's going to be uh, Hamilton County Speedway in West Liberty. Uh, excuse no West. Uh, Webster City, Iowa. That's going to be about four hours, about uh, four hours north. I'm going to try to hustle back to to Lincoln on Sunday and maybe try to. Hopefully, one of you guys could save me a ticket for the finale at the Race Saver Nats. Because I, I, I'm hoping on being there.
1: I think we can make that happen.
2: <laughs> I say you got enough room for the better half. You know we um, got room in that booth no, for the better sm- half. My smoking hot future wife we here. Will- <laughs>
1: We got room for her. We'll find room for you.
2: <laughs> okay. that's, that's exactly what I told, uh, told Bobby so, and Joe. They, they love her. They tolerate me. <laughs> so
1: we, uh, this interview will play a couple weeks afterwards. But uh, as we record on, uh, on January, what, 21st, the night before we recorded this out at the uh, Racer Swap Meet in Columbus was the I-80 Speedway Banquet. And w- what a great night. I mean, it was just oh, a packed building. Yes. Um, and- I never would have expected it to get that blue. They were, they <laughs> it were, got it. It got a little, a little more dirty than I was comfortable <laughs> with. Knowing that Grace Koziski was back there and she could hear <laughs> everything I was saying, oh, and I had to repeat what drivers were writing down on their boards.
2: <laughs> oh, I mean, I was gonna say going out, going out in style. Yeah. that was that was a way to do it. I mean, there were a lot of a lot of cheers, a lot of great fun times there, and uh, I, I saw a good amount of tears there at yeah. the end of the night. I know you. And then how, how about uh, the, the sort of, uh, we call it the state of the speedway address yeah. from, from Joe at the end. Right before right he was coming up to the main podium, everyone got on their feet. And even when he finished off, finished up his speech, you know, everyone rose back to their feet again. I mean, not since, not since Ryan Gustin pulled off during the 2013 Silver Dollar Nationals have I seen a standing ovation of that magnitude with that much emotion. Yeah.
1: Uh, absolutely well deserved, and I'm 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 still getting a little choked up over it because yeah,
2: you and me both. You know,
1: man. just sitting there and and seeing Nancy.
2: Yes, uh, you
1: you love to say the the catchphrases of "there is no better fan." That's true. You and I are great fans of racing, but we're also employees. Yeah, you know, we're paid to be there. Even though we would be there if we weren't being paid Paid or
2: not. Yeah, we Nancy be there. was
1: never paid.
2: No, yet- she
1: showed up with her husband Butch. And I think she said there probably wasn't a night that yeah. she missed at I eighty Speedway well, in its entire. Yeah, like ever's.
2: Yep, ever even back to the day when uh, Rich Bellino opened yeah. the Speedway back in nineteen ninety four, and even even uh, after all the festivities, Luke Cochran comes up, showed me a photo of his old late model from the very first night at I eighty Speedway back in nineteen ninety four. I'm going like that was the that was the year I was born. Yeah. That was so about the same year I was born. I eighty came into the racing world.
1: Yeah, and it's uh, it's tough to see that it's uh, it's going away or well, that it's gone. I mean, it's it's not going away. It's land sold, equipment's been auctioned off. It's it's uh, it's just a matter of uh, dotting the t's and crossing the i's. But um, it, it absolutely what happened, what what was done with Joe last night at the I-80 Speedway Banko, the standing ovation that not only happened but it went for a long time.
2: Oh, and it uh, w- it was. It wasn't just for him. It was exactly you know, for Steve, for Lisa, for for Bob and Grace. Just yeah. everyone who poured in their time and efforts into that racetrack and made it uh, the the speedway that it has become. And it, it'll. I would say it was an. It was just the successor to Sunset Speedway. I think it was every part of that and more. Yeah. That I could. That I, I would think. The good news is, we've still
1: got Eagle Raceway within the Omaha yes. Lincoln area. You still uh, have
2: all those great drivers that yeah. are going to go s- uh, use what they've learned from I-80 and other racetracks and make them better, too.
1: And, and I think the Haydens have done a fantastic job. You know, we've, we've talked a lot about the Kaziskis and what they've done, but I, I think the Haydens have done a fantastic job with working with the racers and and, and, and continuing to build that. I mean, you've got no better place. I mean, I'm I mean, so lucky that I've worked at the two premier racetracks in Nebraska. I mean,
2: not only that, on top of that, I mean, what was it? I, I don't know. I'm Correct me if I'm wrong on how long this promotion's gone on over there at Eagle, but, like, the last two or three years that I can remember, yeah, if you you put together a caution-free race, you get free pit admission. Isn't that right? You get, like, free. Uh, sorry? Like, whatever class puts in a, a caution-free feature, yeah. they get in. They get in free at the pit gate oh, the yeah, next week. It's I, been
1: a long time that they, they've had that going, uh, uh, and and
2: I, it happens quite frequently. I know. I mean, that's that was one of the cool things I've yeah. seen.
1: It, it's a nice little deal, and I, I think it helps with a lot of the drivers that when they're sitting there thinking, I'll bring out the caution so I can tag the back of the uh, field and maybe pick uh, up a couple of spots, or I can get in free next week.
2: Let's go. I don't know. Do I get in free for the Race Saver Nationals if I take a roller coaster ride on the tow truck? <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> I'd... I, I guess I got in free anyways, but that that was really, really fun until my knee hit the boom. Yeah, Yeah. that had to have hurt. Yeah, other than that, it was great.
1: I knew this was going to be a lengthy conversation. We could go on talking for a lot longer. Uh, Oh, is there anything you guys want to talk about? I mean, why not? This is a great conversation. (laughs) I mean, Let's talk about the personal life. Uh, we, we, we talked a little <laughs> yeah, bit about it. Yeah, married. That, that you popped the question at the Silver Dollar yes, Nationals.
2: I, I made sure to thank Joe and Lisa for helping me out on that. And uh, according to my better half, that, that got rid of her fear of public speaking. <laughs> we, I think we had a near sold-out crowd on, that, on a Wednesday show. Yeah at I-80 when we got to do that.
1: Well, and all she had to do was say yes or no. (laughs) Luckily, she went with yes.
0: (laughs)
2: Yes, I was very lucky on that end, and I was even luckier that she's been willing to come with me on tour. She's been going to a lot of different racetracks. I I know somewhere out there in Davenport, Iowa, the last... Year or so, Shane Davis has been pestering me, like, when are you gonna marry this woman? I'm going, like, she's willing to come with me, so I'm thinking it'll be soon. She
1: is, I mean, she's with you if it's, and, and I mean, she's gotta be one of the favorite kids now. I mean, she's with your mom and dad everywhere you guys go. Yeah, I mean, and it's, I always see it like the first question I ask you is how you doing, but where's Lydia at? If she's not with you, because it's
2: just not right. I, I know Joe Gaziski asked that. <laughs> Bobby Lincoln asked that all the time. They're going like, you know, make sure to bring the better half. I mean, yeah. he made sure of that at the Dawson County banquet, and uh, I know a lot of the other announcers are starting to think that as well. I mean, like I said, they love her. They tolerate me. That's, right. That's <laughs> how it's becoming. That's and one of
3: those things that I've always kind of admired about you. Is it's always been a family affair for you guys rolling up and down the road
2: in the in the old Dodge family truckster. Not only that, but uh, apparently uh, Dan uh, ordered a couple of cold ones from my mom at the Eagle Banquet. Oh, yep. good. Yeah, yep. Just say so I know my mom was telling me like, were you you're, posing you're, like, with you just the empty cans just, afterwards? Yeah, I was gonna say like she can't. You just can't. You just can't go to any racing event without running into an Ainsley. That's exactly
1: what I said. I I walked up and I went to go order a beer and I looked right at your mom and I go, of course. Of course you're here. Why not? Why not? All right. Let's wrap her up for today. Big thanks, Anthony Ainsley. Uh, Malvern Bank Super Late Model West. Hoker Trucking Super Late Model East series You can find them on Facebook. Make sure to follow Anthony. You do a fantastic job of the social media with the pictures and the promotion and the videos. And, And again... Huge thank you for doing all of those videos. You helped drive some big numbers for the front stretch. Someday I'll be able to pay you back.
2: Well, I was going to say, I mean, I I, I guess a, a round of garlic cheese curds at Eagle wouldn't hurt. Deal. There you go. I mean, I, t- I, told Ro- I told Roger that. I, 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 I kind of got addicted to those you know, cheese curds. Those you probably could have got
1: a steak sandwich out of me, too.
2: Maybe so. Or, All right. Or a Hawaiian Punch. I mean, believe it or not, I I, I go to a lot of racetracks, and I think so far, still, Eagle, I think, is the only track I've seen that serves Hawaiian Punch at their concession <laughs> stand. I'm not lying.
1: They've got a, Eagle does a fantastic job with the food. It's not just Here's a burger, here's a slice of pizza, and, and, and a couple of pops. I mean, there's an open grill with steak sandwiches.
2: They got all your, you got all your basic food groups yeah, there. Yeah, they're so good. Man. And those ribs. Oh, and, the, James, ribs, and the, the ribs. And the rib tips. Oh. There you go. Anthony
1: Ainsley, voice of the Malvern Bank and Hoker Trucking Super Lane Model Series. Appreciate it, buddy. Always good talking with
2: you. Always. Always a good time.
1: All right, that's going to do it for
3: us today. You got something, James? I was just going to try to close it out. For uh, Dan Taylor, I'm James Rowland, and this has been The Front Stretch, brought to you by RK Inc., Quaker Steak & Lube, and Joe's Carding.
1: Hey guys, Dan Taylor with Tailored Computers and Repair. This time I'm talking laptop screen replacement. We've all made the mistake of dropping our laptop. Maybe one of our animals stepped on it. Maybe we set something heavy on top of it and we just didn't realize it was too heavy. And you go to turn that laptop screen on, there's a giant crack across it. That doesn't mean your laptop is completely worthless. In just a couple of days of turnaround, I can easily get your laptop screen replaced, and usually it's for a pretty reasonable price. Don't think your laptop is completely wasted just because you have have a broken screen on it. Give me a call today, 402-659-5641, or shoot me an email, tailoredcomputersandrepair at gmail.com. I'd be glad to give you an estimate on how much it's going to cost to replace your laptop screen.